Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls, code nogirls. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. We are popping in again from hiatus to have a much-needed conversation all about de-influencing. If you're on TikTok, you have probably already seen content about de-influencing, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like, where influencing tries to influence you to buy certain things. De-influencing says, wait a minute, actually, do you need to buy another water bottle when you already have five in your cabinet? I am fascinated by the phenomena that is de-influencing, and more importantly, what this de-influencing trend says about our current social and economic climate. So I joined my friends Samantha and Annie over at the podcast Stuff Mom Never Told You to dig into de-influencing and why we are seeing it all over our social media feeds. So I hope you enjoy. I have a theory that especially during times that are like turbulent or uncertain, the pandemic would definitely fit into this. Um, Many of us, myself very, very much included, really turn to online shopping for a quick serotonin boost or a quick, you know, this is going to feel good. Or like I I got into this habit of enjoying the feeling of kind of 
giving myself Christmas every day. Like, oh, there's going to be, <laughs> when I come home, there's going to be a present waiting for me, you know, from past me. And so right. this is not just my theory. I do have a little bit of research to back it up. People really leaned into online shopping during the pandemic. According to the most recent 2020 annual retail trade survey release uh, from the census, e-commerce sales increased by $244.2 billion, or 43% in 2020, um, the first year of the pandemic, rising from $571.2 billion in 2019 to $815.4 billion in 2020. Uh, and people, again, myself, very shamefully included, uh, really relied on online retailers specifically, like Amazon. Unsurprisingly, Amazon stock hit a new all-time high during 2020, and it's only now, like pretty recently, starting to fall from that huge boost during the beginning of the pandemic. And a quick disclaimer here that, like, I just feel the need to say that obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about our online shopping habits, but there are a whole bunch of folks who rely on online shopping for very legitimate real reasons. Folks with disabilities or chronic illnesses, you know, for them, online shopping can be a lifeline. Uh, being a swamped parent or a caregiver who can't always, you know, pop out to the store for one thing, it's also a reason why somebody might really, really lean on online shopping. I don't want to make it seem like anybody who is pressing buy online is just leaning into bad habits that they should question. Um, so I'm not talking about those folks. I'm really talking about the quick purchase of things that you really don't need or maybe even really don't want because an algorithm on social media told you to do so. And I want to talk about why the tide is maybe sort of turning on this a little bit. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it has been... I have a friend who loves Target not a sponsor, but she loves, like, the Target <laughs> app. And, like, she will text me as if, like, yeah, Christmas has come early. The Target <laughs> app has updated. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this wasn't a thing during the pandemic. And, and we've talked about it because it is clearly, like, a emotional. It's something she does when she's stressed. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I feel that during the pandemic, I have seen that a lot more where people are like, I need something that will make me feel better for a little bit. I also, this is a great point that you brought out because I did, I hate it when people are like judging folks for, I don't know, getting groceries delivered or whatever. And there's a lot of impact of that. But for some people, that's not like laziness. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely relied on it during the pandemic as something that uh, we, we didn't want to go out. We didn't want to spread things. We were very concerned. People who were uh, immune compromised. And it was a resource that was necessary that really did help try to maintain the spread. And it's, that, that was the first time you really understood why this could be beneficial. But yeah, that definitely can be abused. And I know this is a whole different thing. And there's that whole conversation of like people with disabilities have to rely on things like this. And it's a service that that should have been happening previously. Absolutely. We absolutely should not be like judging or shaming people for whom they really rely on this for a lifeline. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important that the people who are, you know, doing the grocery delivery, who are the, you know, workers and the staff, they should be treated well, they should be compensated well, they should have protections, like, and people with disabilities should not have to rely on, like, private, some pretty exploitative, like, grocery mm -hmm. delivery apps. Like, we, like, everybody deserves better, and we shouldn't be judging anybody who is just trying to, like, live their life. Um, but I do think that we are in a place where uh, people who, again, myself included, maybe got into some bad 
online shopping habits without really hitting pause and really thinking about whether those habits, you know, maybe got us through a tough time emotionally during 2020, but maybe aren't really serving us so well or our wallets so well, if you're me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) here in 2023. Right, right. It's kind of interesting because... I I think we've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of TikTok. I can get lost in it for hours and hours at a time. Same. I get that so many things. And like, yeah, it starts to read me. And I'm like, okay, stop that. Why are you sending me an ad about this? And it's not necessarily an ad, but it's someone that I trust or I say trust uh, in quotes because it's someone that I like and follow and they seem... <laughs> like good people, you never know. Uh, and then they're like, oh, yeah, uh, these are my five Amazon finds and these are my five Costco finds. And I'm like, yes, I, you are correct. I need those things. Have I, Did I know that it existed? No, but I absolutely <laughs> need those things. Oh and it's getting to me more and more. <laughs> The five Amazon stuff always gets me. And I have this thing with like, there are so many creators on TikTok, which I'm also addicted to. uh, So I feel you on that, Sam. But like TikTokers who are all about, you know, like, oh, here's like, here's what my really organized desk or workspace looks like. Like I clearly have some kind of emotional hang up around the way that work gets done in my life. And so I subsequently follow a lot of creators for whom that's their niche. And so they're like, here's what my... Notion looks like. Here's what my dot journaling looks like. Here's what my laptop or workstation looks like. And that I clearly have some kind of a like hang up about that internally. And so I watch a lot of that. And so whenever they're like, my, you know, go to my Amazon storefront, my five, you know, the five things that really help me stay productive, I know that I'm kind of vulnerable and primed to just click buy without even thinking about it because it speaks to some sort of internal like issue I have where I'm like, I Mm -hmm. must think that, oh, the way that work gets done in my life is not up to par with the way that work gets done in the lives of other creative people or something. And so it's really, I think part of it really is like knowing your triggers and knowing, Mm -hmm. knowing the, the vulnerabilities that you have that we're so likely to try to fill by hitting buy now or by buying a thing that we really ultimately might not even need. And so, (laughs) you know, if I had to give this, this conversation like a so what? It's that we should really be in a headspace of asking some questions when it feels like the algorithm or the app or the platform is the one in control and we are passive. I think that what is really Mm -hmm. important is if we switch that dynamic so that we, the human, the person who makes the money and makes the decisions about how the money gets spent, is the one in control and that we are not, you know, at the behest of algorithms and influencers who we don't even know and, right. you know, apps and platforms. And so right. in service of that, I think it kind of makes sense to kind of talk about how we got here, like a little bit of a look back on influencing and how, and how we got to this point where maybe people are kind of starting to ask a few questions about the role that social media influencing has on our life. So if I had to ask you, what do you think used to be the main app on social media where a lot of influencing was taking place, what would you say? Instagram. 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 It's absolutely Instagram. You know, back in the golden era of Instagram, it looked good. It had a good layout. It was easy to use. It was understandable. It was, it was, it was a different time, right? And so I, I think like one, it felt back then, this was, I'm going to say like, this is like 2014 is when I would kind of situate this. So it felt 
kind of clear how one would get engagement. So if you were on the, if you were an influencer, if you were on the influencer side of things, you probably had a pretty clear sense of like what the algorithm was going to reward. It rewarded images of faces, for instance. And so the rules seemed pretty doable. You know, post every day, post natively from the Instagram app as opposed to adding a picture later. Like it was pretty clear like what you needed to do to to do well on Instagram, algorithmically speaking. I think that us as the audience who was consuming the content that influencers made on Instagram, we also had a pretty good sense of what to expect. You know, you were going to get conventionally attractive women who were giving you like life envy and making it seem like, oh, well, if you bought this specific item, your life could be like mine, right? And like, obviously, this is like a curated, manufactured lie that could absolutely be harmful to people who were consuming it, um, as research is like very clear. Uh, But I would argue that there was something familiar to it, right? Like we understood what to expect as an audience who was consuming the content of influencers. But now here in 2023, there are two big things that are happening that I believe have really shifted this golden Instagram age and thus shifted how folks are maybe feeling about influencers. The first is that the social media landscape is really, really changing and really seeing some seismic shifts. We've seen this play out in a couple ways. One, People just are not using Instagram like they were in the golden era of like 2014, you know? A new report in The Atlantic that came out last month called Everyone is Over Instagram said that Instagram is slowly and steadily losing its relevance, specifically with young users. And like, that's the user base that any social media platform really needs to court. Like young people, you want young people to really be using your platform for to feel like really relevant. Right, right. And it's funny because I I am not on TikTok, uh, but I've noticed that Instagram is just like videos now. (laughs) It's like TikTok, (laughs) Um, which is a different thing. It's a different thing. Um, But it is interesting to me. I love, I'm fascinated by kind of these like shifts. Why do people like, like, why are people into TikTok over like Instagram? Why why is that happening? Um, But yeah, I mean, why, why is it? that Instagram has lost favor? Why is it fading? That's a great question. I would say one is just that like, when the rules become less transparent or just less doable, I think people find it less kind of worth it to post there, right? And so I think that if the rules felt clear in 2014, today it seems like every month Instagram announces a new thing they're going to be prioritizing. It used to be static images, then it's going to be video. You know, it used to be like, if you posted once a day, that was enough. Then Instagram put out guidance for creators that was like, oh, you need to be making four reels a day. That's a lot of content. It's just not possible. (laughs) And so if Instagram decides we're going to algorithmically reward people who follow this like difficult to follow and also difficult to understand and constantly changing set of guidelines... And if you don't follow those, we're not going to show your posts to anybody, even your friends, even the people who want to see your posts. It just eventually starts to feel like, well, what's the point, right? Like, that's one of the reasons why, personally, like, I've used Instagram less. It's because whatever the guidance is they give to creators to try to get more engagement on the platform, it's just too much, right? Like, I have, I work, I don't, it's like, Instagram is not my job. For some people, it is their job, and so I can understand, you know, playing the game a little bit more, but it's just not what I do. I have do other things in my life. And so if then I'm going to be kind of, I use this word very lightly, but like punished algorithmically by having my content not shown to people, even people who I know, even people who are my friends who I know want to see that content, 
what is the point? Like, why why jump through those hoops if that's how you're gonna gonna be treated on a platform? You know, right? You know, and I was thinking as with Instagram. When we were talking about yes, there's all these reels, and younger people are getting frustrated. They also changed the algorithm. I know there was like a whole year-long campaign of people just asking, "Can you see this post?" Um, and even for our post at Stuff Mom Never Told You, we are verified. We have over thirty thousand followers. We rarely get more than four or five likes because we don't post, but every other day. And like when you look up, how do you get? you know, followers or views. It's literally, like you said, the post four things, but now it's adding post this, put it on the reel, put it on the, like, the videos, and you have to do all three of those things. So you're literally taking four posts times three to put it on the same site. And it doesn't sound like it's worth it anymore. And then the suppression alone with the algorithm, why? Just why? Exactly. And you have to basically be a one-person, like, studio, right? Because like, mm-hmm. you have to make the post, turn it into a reel, comment. On, it's like, you have a job, dude. Like, you're a podcaster. It's like, your job is not doing Instagram. And I've actually worked with like um, social media managers, like professional social media managers to help grow my account. And, I, you know, I this was a few years ago, so I can't speak to whether or not this is good advice now. So don't try this thinking this is, this is how you grow <laughs> Instagram now, because I really don't know. But <laughs> something that she did is like, oh yeah, I just spend a good amount of time commenting on content of accounts that are similar to you in what they post. And so, you know, she would spend like two hours a day just being like, great post. Yeah, I love this. And like, who has time for that, right? Like I was doing a little experiment to see if it would help and it actually did help grow my account. But like, am I going to sit there and do that? Absolutely not, right? Like, and so I can see why people are just like, yeah, not going to do that. Don't need that. And I think, Annie, I think that you mentioned that um, when you go to Instagram now, what you kind of see is a lot of reels that are really TikToks that you saw on TikTok, if you have that platform, you know, a week ago. And so it kind of, I, I think separately, I think that Instagram is really confused about what role they are trying to play in our lives <laughs> and in our social media diets. I don't think that they know. I think that like one day it'll be images, one day it'll be reels. That's like not clear. And it's so funny because um, someone else who is really impressed about this are the Kardashians. Folks might recall that over the summer, um, Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian both posted an image saying, make Instagram Instagram again. Stop trying to be TikTok. I just want to see cute photos of my friends. and. This is really kind of not surprising to me because the Kardashians are so good at being Instagram friendly or the, the friendly for the version of Instagram that Instagram used to be, right? Like they're all beautiful. They all take beautiful pictures. They're all really good at looking kind of Instagram perfect and polished. TikTok takes it in a, a completely different skill set. You kind of have to be funny or engaging or you know, you have to have something that's going to make, like, just looking good on TikTok is not enough. Like, you have to bring something else. And no shade to the Kardashians. That is not my skill set either. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, put them down or anything. And so what's interesting is that after the Kardashians said, like, oh, go back to cute pictures of my friends, the head of Instagram responded over the summer saying that Instagram, they just needed to focus on video and reels to survive and grow as a platform. Um, but then just last week, he posted that, you know, that was the wrong move. He did a complete about face and he said that Instagram 
quote, over-focused on video last year. And so now the platform is going back to balancing the amount of photos and videos shown to users. Um, In one example that he gave, he said that Instagram will consider how often a person likes and comments on photos versus videos to determine which content will appear first in their feeds. And so this really tells me that, like, they don't know what they're doing. They're not sure of their strategy. You know, it's not clear to them what they're trying to be. And I think it, it's no wonder why people are like, yeah, I'll let y'all figure it out. And while y'all figure it out, I'm going to be on TikTok or, or just be getting rid of social media altogether. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls code nogirls. You know, I think it's kind of funny because I I think of this analogy when you think of Instagram, I think of the elder millennials. That's me. Don't don't I don't want to hear it <laughs> uh, because I'm in between the uh, Xers and uh, the millennials. I came out the right at the cusp, uh, but like elder millennials trying to be cool and hip and talk to those Gen Zers who would be the TikTok kids. And oh I my feel gosh. like that's what's happening. What we see is like Instagram trying to be really cool and really relevant and just kind of missing the mark because we are no longer at that point in life. And I find it funny because that's all I can think of, TikTok versus Instagram, trying to become 
TikTok and TikTok's like, I don't care about you. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Nothing is like more. I mean, I love I love this content because I think that like Gen Z, younger folks, I like, I love it when they come for us elder millennials. Um, <laughs> sometimes they'll be like things that millennials really need to stop doing on Instagram. And they all I'm always like, yes, drag me. <laughs> like, you know, like no more boomerang. You're gonna fix us. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, the other part of that, and again, I think this has a lot to do with the generational changes. And again, I love it, is that yeah, Instagram really gave birth to, like, as we said, influencers and selling us things and th- selling us ideas and selling us uh, things that we will never be and try to, but what we try to still attain, which is the Kardashians. You know, they were a really big force uh, in that. But with TikTok, it seems like the younger generations that's, that was really into it was like, we're tired of celebrities. We want a chance to see regular people who have a lot of good ideas and content, and the TikTok is for the people, because I know there's been a lot of pushback as celebrities are now jumping on TikTok, but people are like, stop it, this is not for you. Oh my God, I could talk about this for hours. This is something I find so fascinating. So I think because TikTok is a younger platform, they just have a, a completely different relationship with digital life than like the, than millennials have. And so I absolutely agree with you that, especially for younger folks who are spending time on TikTok, and TikTok is the, is the fastest growing social media app out there right now, I think the audience is very different from the curated Instagram audience in that they do want more real stuff. Like they want authenticity, not that like fake, like, oh, my house is so messy authenticity, like really authenticity. And they are vocal. Like they will call you out. There was a whole thing with, um, I think it was Bethany Frankel going Mm -hmm. on TikTok and her transition to TikTok wasn't very smooth. And I think part of it is because like celebrities maybe are used to being able to say certain things and get everybody fawning all over them on Instagram or on other social media platforms. And they're not finding that reception on TikTok. Like TikTok is the app for like regular people to talk. It's not for celebrities to like hawk their perfect lives. And there's actually a influencer right now, like a big influencer, Michaela Nigeria. I apologize if I'm saying her last name wrong, but um, is in very hot water for trying to do a mascara brand like sponsored content while allegedly wearing false lashes. And so obviously you can't be like, this mascara is so great. Look look at the way it transformed my lashes. Whereas like, I think those are fake lashes. Um, and yeah. so people are calling this person out because that just doesn't fly there, right? And so I think that like, you're exactly right, Sam, that the audience that is big on TikTok is a lot more vocal, a lot more savvy, and they will call you out if they feel like they're being pushed something that's just like a, like a fantasy that's not real. Maybe right. on, on Instagram, you might get away with that, but not on TikTok. Well, I will say the thing about TikTok is there are TikTok sleuths, that that is their intent and entire content is like to call out the falsehood of other content. <laughs> it is the rabbit holes I have gone down where I'm like, oh I gosh. don't even know this person. I have never even seen them on TikTok, but apparently they're faking having a scar to get clout. I need to read a thousand comments and spend six hours of my time on this, despite only having one one life to live on this green earth. (laughs) And I know what you're talking about, and I hate that I know what you're talking about, because I did the damn same thing. What does this have to do with it? Like, it has nothing to do with me. This isn't even somebody who I follow or am invested in, but like, you get, you're like, I, pe- the, the the evidence that people compile is like yes. I'm fascinated. If I if, if anything ever happens to me, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. But like the the way that like TikTok sleuths are able to like investigate the nitty gritty. 
that really doesn't matter. My hats nope. are off to them. <laughs> right. The petty, the petty is real, and if it's uh, all in good fun, I, I, there's definitely seriousness that we definitely talked about before. But the pettiness is real, and when you get invested, you're just like, well, oh, oh, and you can't help but be the voyeur, and you feel a little guilty. I will say that, um, but you can't put one over on them, and it, it, it continues to baffle me because as as you're talking about, TikTok is one of the younger ones. The uh, way that it has grown exponentially, I'm like, is it going to be able to keep up uh, with that demand? Yeah, that's such a great question. I actually, this is a this is a, a fuego take. So you know, whatever. Ooh. This is my opinion. I think that we are going to see government legislation of TikTok in 2023. Mm-hmm. This is like my mm-hmm. big tech prediction. I think that it's growing so much. I think there are national security questions. I guess I'll just put it that way. I think that, you know, there have been, there is like rare bipartisan support for doing something about TikTok. It's already been banned on, I think, federal government devices can't have TikTok on them. A handful of states have banned having TikTok on state-run devices, and that number is growing. Uh, Universities are the same. That number is growing of universities that have banned TikTok from state-owned devices. I think that we are seeing enough traction in government in in a bipartisan way and also civil society and institutions that I do think that, like, something is going to happen or be done to combat TikTok's growth. Because their growth has just been like, if folks want to look it up, like it is wild how many users it is gaining. It's just, it's just like exploding. One of the things that I think about TikTok becoming kind of the new place where people are spending their time online on social media, um, why that might be fueling a kind of backlash against influencing is that it just moves a lot faster than Instagram, which fuels what they call micro trends. And so if a trend is something that is in style for a little bit of time, a micro trend is something that becomes in style or in vogue very quickly and then burns out just as quickly. Something can be iconic and very popular one month, and by the end of the month, people are talking about it being out of style. Like a great example is like um, this clothing brand that I really doubled down on and like went for hard, House of Sunny. They make this like very bright colored clothing that really pops on social media. And I was like, oh my God. And I bought like a sweater and a dress and this and that. Maybe a month later, people were like, oh, it already looks so dated. And so if you think about what is sort of in style, how quickly it becomes sort of passe, I think that TikTok becoming a place where people spend more of their digital time online is one of the reasons why trends are kind of flaming out so quickly. And so if you're an influencer, you know, that's just a lot. Having to like, it is exhausting to be in, even just in the audience to be told, you need to buy a new thing over and over and over again. And and in in January, it's this water bottle. In February, that water bottle's out. Now it's this water bottle. It's it's no wonder that people can't really keep up with that because it's too fast. That's so funny. I feel like I'm the like, millennial person that comes in like, oh, I finally got this thing. And they're like, that's three years ago. What are you doing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) It does feel like it moves very, very quickly. And actually, an interesting implication of this kind of thing is like, because I also do a a food podcast, is the thing like the uh, feta pasta, like feta cheese, Mm. like couldn't, you couldn't find it anywhere. And it was because of TikTok. And then a month later, everyone was like, what are you talking about? But for that one month, 
nobody could find feta cheese. Um, <laughs> yeah, I see it with food. It's so interesting when it happens with food because it does correlate with when you go to the grocery yes. store, it's just like not there. Um, I, I've heard that tinned fish is like the new thing right now, which if you were to talk about like our economic climate, the fact that like tinned fish, like oh, just having our tinned fish date night, <laughs> that tells me something. I'm like, oh, people are thinking about our economic climate in some perhaps like less than cheery outlook. Yes, <laughs> which brings us to what we've been talking about is another piece of this is like, well, like, like what I was saying with myself and my friends is this anxiety of this, like maybe if I buy this thing, I'll feel better. Like maybe this will make things better. And that's not unique, right? Absolutely. And so the second thing that we're seeing that's really, I think, shaping all this is this kind of feeling of like economic unease and uncertainty that is impacting the way that people are responding to influencing. I think that a lot of folks are concerned about an economic downturn. We're seeing like layoffs in a lot of sectors like tech and media. I don't, I think people are perhaps wary about spending money on things that they see online and, and maybe doing it in a different way than maybe we once were in 2020. And I think that like, more importantly, I think that as we go into times that are uncertain, economically uncertain, economically unstable, people don't really want to open up their phone and see people living the high life, right? Like, it just doesn't feel good to be worried about inflation, worried about food being on the shelves, worried about how you're going to make rent, or if you're going to be laid off, and open your phone and see an influencer trying to sell you that their life is perfect and that your life can be perfect too if you buy this thing that you don't need, don't have money for, and don't even really want. I think that people are just not feeling that vibe anymore. I think there was a time where that had a time and a place and it felt very familiar. I think right now we're not loving it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just feels kind of like out of touch. And, and you brought up the Kardashians earlier and they're big. Like they've even been in the news recently for like lawsuits, but they were really big about this of like selling you a thing. It just felt like they weren't kind of reading the room, I guess. <laughs> like Totally. I remember they, um, and I talked about this in an episode of uh, There Are No Girls on the Internet my own podcast around the holidays. I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, they posted their Easter spread. And it was like the most opulent thing, like even for Kardashian standards, the most opulent thing you've ever seen. It was like life-size like life teddy bears, full-size, like five full-size gumball machines with like pink gum in them, four bicycles. It was like the most elaborate and lavish opulent spread even by Kardashian standards that I have seen. And the response was not like, wow, how cool for them. The response was overconsume much. Like, <laughs> and I think that that really shows us that we are in a place where when they posted that, they probably thought everyone was going to love it. But in reality, most people were like, this is a little opulent, seems a little tacky, seems a, lot of, a little out of touch for one holiday. Like, at what point do we start asking questions about the value of overconsumption and, and whether or not that's a value that is, like, inherently good or healthy or, like, serving us in our lives? Right. And I, I mean, uh, Instagram, that, that was kind of the thing, is, like, you were presenting this really curated version of your life um, and then kind of at least in my case, and I think there's been some studies about this, but like feeling bad because you'd see other people's pictures and you're like, oh, their life is way better than mine. Um, <laughs> but also, and I could be wrong about this, but I feel like a lot of the influencers I saw on Instagram were 
women. I like a lot of the people who were like, hey, you need to buy this thing. And maybe that's just the algorithm for me, mm-hmm. but it was women. It is not just you. Uh, I think this is inherently gendered. The lion's share of influencers are women and girls. According to a study by the influencer marketing agency, Isaiah, in 2021, women accounted for more than 85% of sponsorships made as influencers. But I should know that because this is America, there is also an influencer pay gap. Even though there are more, like, women make up the bulk of influencing, they're still paid less than men for influencing, which is a real head-scratcher. Um, but, yeah, I think it's women and girls who are being sold all of this. So they're not as, We're not just being sold products. We are being sold products as a proxy for, like, getting your life together or, like, succeeding at being a, a woman or... or I think that we're being sold on the idea that you can consume your way into the kind of life that you want. And I think that capitalism and consumption as a means of perpetuating gender roles has always been a thing. And I think right now in 2023, I think a lot of women are just exhausted. We have been burdened with so much. We have had our rights just like, it's not a very rosy time to be a a woman in 2023, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't want, I feel like if I go into it, I'll be, I'll hear all day. But, you know, I think that a lot of women are just like, on top of everything else that we have to shoulder, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to buy into this idea that tells me that I have to buy this product on Instagram to be a more complete woman. You know, I think more women are calling BS on this idea, especially younger women. Right. I will say, so immediately after the new year, the first thing, one of the first, and I think she went super viral, is this girl laying down in bed in TikTok and saying, you don't need this here are the five products you don't need. And yes. then goes down a list of all the trends and said, this is not, you're not going to use this. You're not going to ever see it again. Don't buy it. You're only going to, like, it, that was the first video I saw. I was like, oh, what is this? And the next one was the girl who was like, hey, I have bought every single expensive hair product. These are bullshit. And here are the products you should go to. Go to CVS. This is much better. Don't buy those expensive things. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, so that is a great example of de-influencing, which is all over TikTok right now. So what is de-influencing? Well, basically, again, it's exactly what it sounds like. Rather than trying to convince you to buy something, it's telling you, you don't actually need to buy this. Uh, So creators will be telling you, like, you don't need another water bottle. If you're me, you don't need another notebook that you, you know, are not going to use when you already have, like, 20 on your shelf. Uh, Or telling you how different TikTok or social media famous products are actually not worth the money, not worth it. Um, according to the newsletter Glossy, the hashtag de-influencing has 21.4 million views and has increased in popularity even in just the past week. They spoke to a creator who goes by L. Gray, or Basic, of course, who pointed to the impact of the economy on consumer spending and the ability, or lack thereof, to buy based on influencer recommendations as one of the reasons why de-influencing is becoming so popular. L says... In the last 12 months, we've seen an extreme slowdown in the global economy. As we enter into a recession, people are starting to feel the effects and are taking a closer look at their spending and consumption. Many people have gotten fed up with the constant barrage of microtrends and must-have items, especially as they take a closer look at their bank accounts. And so, you know, I think that this creator is probably on to something that, you know, we started this conversation today talking about the things that we, and again, myself, very guilty of this, uh, overconsumed online in 2020, I think that de-influencing is a response to some of these overconsumption habits that a lot of us just sort of picked up during the pandemic in 2020 and like just kept having in our life. And now we're like, wait a minute, is this actually a good idea? Is it actually good that I, you know, 
We'll just click buy now and get something without really thinking about if I need it, if I want it. Like, is it something I, I, I actually truly need? Probably not. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. I will say, I feel like, and maybe it's just the side of TikTok I'm on because we know it is very curated. These de-influencers who are trying to help you save money and tell you what it is and tell you what's working, what's not working, is almost a way of women supporting women or, you know, the marginalized supporting Mm -hmm. the marginalized. Like, you're the one. I know this is aimed towards you. Typically women are typically, you know, those who are in like really harsh places. So I'm going to help you and tell you not to do this. And on top of that, the same conversation about the Gen Zers, again, I'm still in awe of them, is that they are all about calling out the BS. So when they see an influencer saying, this is amazing, and then they start realizing this person is all about the money, this person is not genuinely doing things, kind of like the mascara, we're going to call you out and tell you don't do this, again, as a way to protect other consumers slash other women. I love how you put that. I absolutely have seen a million times that women and other marginalized people 
telling each other the truth and leveling with each other and breaking down for each other, that is more powerful than a million-dollar PR ad campaign, than a million well-paid, like, you know, PR agents working overtime. Nothing is more powerful than women sharing their truths with each other. And that can, like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, like, expensive marketing firm that you've, that you've contracted. Women sharing each other's truths with each other will always be more powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, and I find it interesting because it's those kind of like that same girl I was talking about who was saying, don't buy this, and she's now gone viral. Being honest, being truthful, and trying to protect others has really built her audience, and she's become mm -hmm. an influencer slash de-influencer and is now getting credibility and may be able to go viral enough to like start having her own uh, outlets, whether it is, who knows. I know several people from TikTok, as well as YouTube, but that's the whole other thing, have shows, get shows, get brand deals, or get specific deals that are genuinely good because they are honest and it's building them up. So it's interesting to see how this, the opposite of that, has grown them. Does that make sense? <laughs> it makes so much sense. And I've been, I, I think it's, I, I think it marks a shift and I think it's good. I think that like we should question why the powers that be are so quick to reward people who make their entire thing about stuff that you should buy over consumption. We could be instead building up honest platforms and platforms that say like, well, you really aren't going to use this or you really don't need this. Like, I love watching on TikTok people who do closet cleanouts and they're like, these are the top five things I, I like remove from people's closets or like the top 10 things people don't actually wear because it might actually help create that shift of being a little bit more in-tuned and intentional about what you buy. And I think that's really important. I mean, like, it has so many implications, not, you know, not, not the least of which is the environmental impact of, like, you know, I had a little bit of a, of a fast fashion thing myself. Like, I would buy from this brand, she, is it Shein? Where, you know, it's like, it's so, it's so cheap. And it, like, it, look, it looks like the fancier stuff, but it's so cheap. Then it's like, well, you're like, actually... It is one of the biggest offenders of fast fashion that ends up, you know, polluting our world. And it's like, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want, like, I don't want my unexamined emotional need to translate to a worst world for a, right. the next generation to come. And so I really kind of saw the, like, need for me to do a little bit of thinking and unpacking and intention around my own consumption habits and what I was trying to fill by buying things and the longer-term consequences for generations to come. I know that sounds like a lot, but, like, it, you got to start somewhere. Right. No, it is absolutely goes hand-in-hand, hand again, with the uh, new creators, that the people who are getting big on TikTok are those who are like, hey, you're doing these things, and it could be... Of course, this is a whole different conversation about diagnosing and, and assuming everybody's one thing or another. But it does call, call out to be like, hey, you have this reaction, which could be costing you money, costing you time because of a trauma. So you're focusing on the wrong thing. Like, it, I do love seeing them correlate actual action to internalized trauma or uh, maybe reasoning, however you want to say it. But it is encouraging to see that there's more correlations that these influencers slash TikTok people are talking about out loud. So you start considering the actual basis of trying consuming too much or consuming way too uh, fast or not thinking about it. It's 
both encouraging and kind of scary to see how quickly this could flip because we really did go from a generation of we have to be perfect, we have to look perfect, we have to be the Kardashians, uh, white girl version. And what I mean by that is that skinny, skinny version. You you know. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Um, to, <laughs> but to like coming into loving your body, do things that are healthy for you, do things that make you happy, do things that bring you joy. And then going into, and that comes to having peace of mind and mm-hmm. this is how you do it. And so it's kind of interesting to see how we flip there, but we are at this cusp of like, it could flip again. And is it going to be healthy or unhealthy? I think, again, TikTok is being, is encouraging to me to see the creators that I'm seeing. That's such a good point. And I think, you know, the bottom line of this is that you cannot consume yourself into feeling like a complete version of yourself, to feeling whole. You know, I talked earlier about how I get really kind of stuck on these, like, people who are full-time creatives or full-time creative professionals and and the way that, that work gets done in their lives and how it looks so good to me. It looks like they're very together, like they've got lists, they look very organized and very cozy and very peaceful. And that clearly that is speaking to some kind of perception that I have internally that I am not enough. There's something I can buy that is going to make me feel enough. I have to just get there through self-work, through growth, through introspection. I... I completely understand the need to like just hit buy now and like if I get everything that this woman has in her house maybe I'll get it but I won't you can't consume your way into I guess feeling good about what you've got feeling good about who you are you know feeling good at like feeling it like yourself and feeling like that's enough there's just not a product that's going to do that it's going to take it's going to take work and so I think you know, that's, it's definitely easier to just buy a thing. And I, boy, do I keep trying. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I know. I just got some teas that it went viral. We won't talk about that more. Oh, it's, I mean, like, <laughs> this is, I don't want this to sound judgy because, like, who amongst us, right? No, like, no, I right. am, we're all works in progress. But, but if you were interested in trying to unwork, unpack some of this, like de-influence yourself. First, I should say, like, I am not a professional. So if you if you are someone listening and you think that you really might have a true issue with, like, buying things and shopping that you might need to talk to somebody about, you should do that. Talk to a professional if you feel like your issue rises beyond, you know, what we're talking about here. But a couple of tips that might help folks de-influence themselves. Uh, my favorite sleeper tip is that if you have an iPhone, or I think I think it works on Android too, um, using your phone in grayscale. Uh, my phone is in grayscale probably 90% of the time. Um, you can go into your accessibility settings on your iPhone and change the, your, your phone to grayscale. And I have it so that the little button on the side, the power button, if I hit that three times, it flips from grayscale to color. So if somebody sends me a picture where it's like, oh, I need to see this in color to get the context, I can easily you know, flip it to color, flip it back. When I tell you that it, it makes things on your phone look so much less enticing and less appealing. And I can absolutely feel it. When I'm looking at my phone in color, I can feel the little synapses and neurons going off in my brain that tell me, buy this, click that, look at that, read that. And it makes the experience of using social media more boring, but in a good way. I'm just, I feel a lot more in control when all of these bright colors that are literally designed by people who make lots and lots of money to, to like, you know, 
fire things in your brain and to get you to be as 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 tuned in and as plugged in as you can. And so I'm I'm a big fan of like trying to to throw a wrench in this techno hacking that messes with all of our brains. So try to put your phone in grayscale. I love it. Um, another one is that when you feel that twitch in your brain that says, I need this, don't click buy right away, right? Like ask yourself, does this fill a legitimate need in my life? If you're Samantha's partner, is it just another vessel with which to drink coffee <laughs> or liquids out of? Do I already have a, a vessel or several vessels that several. meet that need? <laughs> I'm going to throw it out. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, like, notice your emotions. Like, when you feel influenced, really ask, like, do I feel the need to buy this because it is serving an emotional need or filling an emotional hole that I have? And what's that about? You can really just start small, just asking, huh, isn't that interesting? Be curious about the emotions that are sparked for you when you're using social media. My therapist always says that judgment and curiosity cannot coexist. And so rather than being like, oh, you just are so bad with money, you just throw money away, you just cannot stop shopping online, that's judgment. And so when you're judging the way that you feel, when you're judging your emotions, you can't be curious about them. Curiosity is how we get to someplace better and like move forward. And then lastly, learn to love what you already have. You know, I spent so long chasing micro trends and quick hit trends that when I look at my closet, there are things in there that I love that I don't even really know where they are. I don't even have access to them or see them because my closet is so full of like stuff that I bought that I didn't really even really think about. And so it makes it harder for me to love the things that I actually do have that feel good. And so the things that I really do value and like, because there are plenty of things that I bought where I'm like, oh, that was, I do not regret that choice. That was a good buy. It makes it harder to really appreciate the things that are good buys and have them stand out when you just buy so much crap that you don't even really need. Right. Organize, because you will find that thing you love that you forgot about for two Shop years. Shop your closet. If you do yeah. that, you're going to be like, oh, look at that. Shop your closet. Exactly. Yes. 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 During the pandemic, <laughs> I, I, I remember there were a couple of times where I was like, I really, really want this thing. And then I would look through my closet and I already have that thing. Uh, <laughs> <so>. Yes. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times it's happened where I'm like, I'm like doing reruns. Like, I, like I'm already in reruns on my closet. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, if you're me anyway, I wear like the same t-shirt like for an entire week. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Buying new clothes just to wear your uniform every day. Like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you as always, Bridget, for bringing this topic uh, to us. Uh, it was very informative for me because I'd not heard of this. This is amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where can the good listeners find you? Well, you can always tune into my podcast on this very same network. There are no girls on the internet. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC. I will. Not influence you, Carlos. Uh, I, I can't promise that I will never, but you know, you know, you know how it is. Who knows? <laughs> like, we got to eat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We um, gotta you can follow eat. me on Twitter at Bridget Marie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, go go check those out uh, if you haven't already, listeners. Thank you again, Bridget, for coming. We love having you. Can't wait to have you again. Yes. Yes. Uh, and listeners, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is Stephanie at momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok. What? what? At Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 